All right, time to welcome in Steve Young, ESPN NFL analyst, the former BYU and 49er quarterback. Steve, good morning. Welcome back to morning, the show. Morning, guys. How are you? Good. How are you? Really good. We got a long, long list of questions for you. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Uh, we got a lot of answers. Nice. I like it. Uh, I want to I want to talk to you Super Bowl, but I know with ESPN you'll be talking some Super Bowl, and this is a chance to hear your take on some BYU stuff. And I'm curious, uh, when you look at Zach Wilson, what does he got the NFL loves? What does he have to do better to be successful when he gets out on the field in the NFL? Well, what he showed was, you know, if, if Patrick Mahomes is the king of 2021, and or really the 2020s, right, if you think about the NFL that has become more college-like than ever. It's wide open. Um, it's a lot less sophisticated because there's of the rules, because the players and coaches don't get together as much. It's much more like college. It's spring ball and a summer camp and, and play ball. And uh, so for Zach, um, you know, he's going to be running the offenses that he played in college, and that's what's, you know, that's why Kyler Murray's got some success. Uh, even Lamar Jackson with the sophisticated running game, you know, the, the NFL is just completely, it's just different. And, uh, and so for Zach, um, this, the, the, the challenge is just to get on a good team. It could be good coaching and, and help them out because every quarterback needs help. And you can't go somewhere where you're not going to get the help. And uh, that's always the struggle of trying to uh, being drafted high can you get to a team that's decent that uh, can show your talents? Because one thing about Zach that everybody loves, and I think that's why he's you know people get more and more excited is you could see that the more they asked of him, the better he got, and that's the quality that and and the, and the physical qualities that were much much like Patrick Mahomes with the arm strength, throw it anywhere, run around, and the presence. There's a sense that Zach, you know. Um, Patrick is a guy that came into the league and maybe because of his dad playing pro ball, uh, baseball, it just didn't feel like he had a much of a transition to, you know, the, the anxiety that's usually there and the hurdles you have to go over. It's like he just was at peace. And he played completely. You know, that's when you can get the full measure of who you are when you're at peace. And it usually takes a few years to get there. And Patrick was there right away. And Zach has that quality. It feels like it's from college. And the, and the physical talents um, put together is why people have gotten really excited. And, in fact, you know, uh, some scouts, uh, you know, there's just no limit in their minds what he can do. Now, the challenge is, uh, what he, you know, if you said to me, what do you got to watch out for? Well, people have kind of clung on to this idea that, you know, all quarterbacks get to be captains. All quarterbacks kind of run the team. And Zach wasn't a captain. And so I tell people, well, you got to understand, at BYU, you've got a lot of very mature return missionaries that are, you know, you know great leaders. And, and, you know, it's not like, you know, it's not, it's, it's not necessarily a, a, a knock on Zach. Um, and Zach is young and young looking. And so people sometimes feel like, well, how, how much grit does he really have? Stuff that you just, there's no reason to think it, but it's just to get to find something to talk about. So for me, Zach has very little downside right now and tremendous upside. 
On the other end of it, Steve, uh, with Zach being a protected high draft pick, an undrafted free agent who has a world of athletic ability just like yourself that you had is Taysom Hill, and we're assuming that Drew Brees is going to be done, maybe not, but nevertheless there's going to be a time that they're going to need a new quarterback in New Orleans. How do you view and analyze Taysom Hill as a potential starting quarterback in the NFL? Uh, (laughs) Taysom is such a unique player, but the game has come to Taysom just as it's come to Kyler Murray and come to Lamar Jackson. And, like, the NFL has, like I said, has changed so much, but the game has, has really made a space for Taysom Hill at quarterback. Now the key is, as as Taysom plays more, the thing he did this year was he started, played some quarterback, threw the ball well, and won some games. And that's that's what you got to do. So there's no reason why the Saints can't turn to Taysom and say, look, let's let's give you a crack at it. And it's going to be tough to replace Drew Brees because everybody will remember everything great that Drew uh, Drew did, and they'll never remember what he didn't do. They'll think that he never threw an incompletion, he never threw an interception, he never lost a game. And so that's always that's always tough. I went through it, and uh, and so, so that's an extra challenge. But Taysom, to me, is ready for it. And uh, with a great coach, again, quarterbacks need help, and New Orleans certainly is a place where you're going to get that help. Steve Young joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're seeing a lot of drama all of a sudden uh, with quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, you were in San Francisco, obviously, as Joe Montana was getting late in his career, so you just referenced some of the drama there. How much of that do you see in Green Bay with what's going on with Aaron Rodgers, and how do you think that will play out? How should it play out? There's a lot of Aggie fans listening who are big, uh, you know, big yeah. fans of the backup. Right. So uh, right now, no. There's no drama. It's just the drama of Aaron voicing his frustration, being gutted by a loss that he really wanted and needed. Aaron's at a point now in his career where it's really Super Bowls and, you know, that's really it, which I understand, and that's good. That's good for the Packers, right? That's what you really want, and that's what really makes a difference. Uh, and so when he didn't get there, when they were at home, uh, you know, he voiced frustrations. And I'm sure there's some – look, I, I've said it for years. I just felt like the Packers haven't supported Aaron uh, with the help that he needs. feels like if Aaron gets a little defense and a couple of guys, he can go anytime. And he just couldn't find it, couldn't get the protection and just kind of – and, and I think Aaron has those – you know, he hears that and understands that and, frust- and the frustrations will come out. Not that things aren't, you know, perfect. There's no nowhere that's perfect. And that's what Aaron also realizes, too. You know, a few days later, he calms down. Uh, he goes on, uh, what's his name, show, um, well, the old punter and, you know, his buddy. And he says, look, no, you're right. I'm fine. And I'm, I'm here. And like, there's no way that there's any problem with Aaron Rodgers playing in Green Bay and playing, unfortunately for Jordan, for a long time. The NFL is now safer, quarterbacks friendly. It's an unfair fight between offense and defense. So for experienced, athletic, great quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers, you can play forever. And it's, you know, Tom Brady's proving that. And uh, and so Aaron can play till he's 43. He can. 
And there's and so that's why for Jordan, I mean, it's just you just don't know when, you know, the Packers can choose at any point, I guess, to force the issue. But I don't see that Aaron Rodgers is, you know, the best or the second best or the third best or the not much worse than that player in the league. There's no, you know, if you're Jordan Love, you're you're just playing catch right now. There's nothing you can do about it, and it's not a really good spot. And the league is not built for you to be taking over for a quarterback that's getting old because getting old doesn't matter anymore. So that's a bummer. Yeah, you talk about how a quarterback needs help, and certainly you and Joe had it in San Francisco. You had it on the field. You had it in the front office. You had it on the sidelines. And we go, we like to debate stuff in this season going into it, Brady or Belichick. And somehow we're going to draw a conclusion now that Brady's still playing in the Super Bowl and the Patriots didn't make the playoff. I don't really get into that stuff. I look at it that you have to have everything in concert as far as the management, the coaching, and the players, and I think we're having that in KC. What is your take on this Brady-Belichick thing, and how important is it for everybody to be together? Uh, look, I mean, that's the bar fight stuff. It's not stuff I'm not really interested in, but I will comment to say that every, everybody needs each other. Yeah, That's football. That's a fact. Tom cannot do it alone. Bill cannot do it alone. And uh, and I think what the Patriots realize more than anything is you really can't do it without a quarterback. You just, it's just not going to happen. And you can be the best coach, you can be the best owner, and you don't have a quarterback and you're finished. Um, I think quarterbacks have shown that they can do it with a good coach and maybe not the best owner, like, or, you know, a, a good coach and a phenomenal quarterback. So quarterback to me is the guy in the field that has to be there. I mean, of, of, the, of those combinations that, of support, and I'm not just because I'm a quarterback. I just think that's the truth, um, and and uh, and so that's that's a fact too. But it's not like I care whether well it was it more Bill, was it more Tom, was it more Robert Kraft, or what? Like, look, it takes everybody. Move on. Like, I, and there's nothing more to really talk about. So Deshaun Watson, quarterbacks who've been as successful as he uh, as he is at the age he is at. Uh, they don't usually move. He seems dead set on it. They understandably don't want any part of giving him up, at least publicly. Is he sensing a problem in the front office and thinking this place is just critically, just completely flawed and i got to get out because i got no chance here? What, where do you think his beef really is, and how far is he going to push the envelope to make something happen? I don't know. There's something wrong down there. There's something, I mean, there's something amiss. And that's from an owner's perspective. Uh, I mean, thinking about ownership because the coach is gone now. There's something wrong with the coach. I mean, something was not. It was it was a mess. And I think when he saw DeAndre Hopkins leave, and you know, leaders leaving, and I know there's just there's there's elements of discord that quarterbacks smell. And then if you're smart, you say, look, what can I do about it? And what should I and I think that Sean is, is a, if there's five guys in the 2020s at quarterback, they're going to make a difference. He's one of them. So if the Texans are that dysfunctional and they can't literally hold on to their quarterback, because you can, the only way you lose a quarterback is if the quarterback's willing to either become toxic. Like Aaron Rodgers, if he wanted to poison the well and just tell you everyone, I'm out of here and I hate this place and I hate the fans and I hate the Packers, you can force your way out. 
but it's such at such great cost that you know it just doesn't happen. And nor is the quarterback really willing to do that. Deshaun hasn't had to do that. He has the upper hand. He has the fans in his corner. That's how poorly the Texans have handled this. And it looks like he's going to be able to pull it off because he doesn't want to be there and he has a you know he'd like to try somewhere else. And obviously the grass is always greener. We get that. But the fact that the Texans have fouled this up so much that the quarterback doesn't have to poison the well and become toxic to get out of town tells you about the Texans. So, and I don't know that this new coach has done much to really convince Deshaun that it's all going to get better. So, I, I you know, it feels like that Deshaun Watson is going to be able to do something that not many people have been able to do. And that's get out of town without everybody getting upset. <laughs> You've mentioned Kyler Murray a couple times already, and I would put him and maybe Lamar Jackson into the same category as term these incredible athletes who like to run, and you were known as that yourself. How do you hone and mold those guys into being passers along with their incredible athletic ability? The key, even if the, the game has changed, quarterback is wide open. There are too many first downs. There's too many touchdowns available to the quarterbacks who can run. It used to be the opposite, and now the prototype into the future is going to be, in fact, you have to. The idea that you're going to draft a Tom Brady or Peyton Manning and that you're going to have them stand in one place, a Ben Roethlisberger, and play. And when I say stand in one place, the guys are very not mobile. You're going to play in the 2020s with, with a quarterback that can't move into the future. Young quarterback's not going to happen. So the fact is, is that everybody's looking for a quarterback that can still throw you. That's still the game. You got to be able to throw a sophisticated passing game at at the, at the NFL defenses, which is the problem with the Ravens. The Ravens, in my mind, are damning uh, Lamar Jackson from his development because they're so all in with Lamar Jackson as a college player and a sophisticated running game. That yes, they can go and, and beat the rank and file in the NFL, but when they get against the best, you know, sophisticated running games are able to, you know, be taken down, where sophisticated passing games cannot, or at least it's much more difficult. And so Lamar, to me, that they have to change things in Baltimore to make a more sophisticated passing game and let Lamar grow into it. I just don't feel like they're, the, the opportunities there. People say, well, Lamar Jackson's not a sophisticated passer. Well, what's the chicken or the egg? I mean, you gotta you got to be a sophisticated passing game to find out if you're a sophisticated passer. And uh, I appreciate what the Ravens have done, in going all in with the college form of Lamar Jackson, but they've got us. They've got to, You can see it. I mean, I've been saying it for a couple of years, and I, I think I've been proven right. Not that I know it any more than anybody else, but you've got to. They've got to change, and they've got to. They've got to, and give Lamar a chance to grow into that. Uh, as far as Kyler Murray, that offense is perfect for the 2020s. And Kyler Murray, you know, there's no question that the size. He's proven that that doesn't matter. And that he can, you know, continue to develop as a passer. That's the key for him. He's shown the ability to be more of a sophisticated passer, and that just needs to keep growing. And as long as he doesn't stall out, uh, Kyler could be a really great player as well. Steve Young joining us. Steve, you've already said you're not into some of these bar fight kind of arguments and all that, but there's one. More. Okay, good. <laughs> there's there's <laughs> one there's one around Andy Reid that I know you've heard and you're aware of. You know, ah, oh, he's a really good coach. He can't win the big one. Well, then he wins the big one. Now 
he's one game away from going back-to-back. So one of 12 coaches to go to three Super Bowls. He'd be the seventh coach to go back-to-back. Next year, he should pass Curly Lambeau and be the fifth winningest coach in NFL history. So how quickly does debate on Andy go from, uh, he can't win the big one, to this guy's one of the all-time all-timers? It's already there. That's what happens when you win the big one. It's just it's amazing. And he deserves it. And, uh, and what he's built in Kansas City is very much to me like the Golden State Warriors have uh, and really through their championships and, and probably maybe hopefully in the future. They've built a culture of selflessness amongst superstars. That's unusual. And that is why they're so difficult to beat. They say, oh, the plays they're calling or the, star, the, you know, the incredible talent. Yes, it's all wonderful. But the thing that makes them really tough to beat is what Andy's built and the culture of the place. And so that's becoming more and more appreciated is Andy's style and the way that he calls plays. He's going to be he's one of the more, he's the, you know, people say he's the most innovative guy in the league. Well, there's a couple, three, four guys that are most innovative when you talk about Sean Payton, Sean McVay, and Kyle, uh, um, Kyle Shanahan. Those are the guys to me that week to week are trying to do new things, pressing the envelope, um, uh, and, and really setting the tone for the future of the NFL. So Andy Reid, at his, you know, uh, he's been around a long time, but he, he's so, you know, he's fresh, right? Everybody, he's doing things that no one else is doing, and he's doing it with players that are doing, cra- you know, crazy good things. So the Chiefs, you know, you think about Andy, he's not, it's not over. The 2020s are the decade of the Chiefs, and, and until otherwise proven. Like, there's other teams that will challenge, but right now they're built to win and go back to back to back to back. I mean, it's hard to do. We get that. But Andy Reid's going to go. I mean, he's a Hall of Fame coach now. I mean, by the time he's done, you know, they'll be, I think they'll be talking about him as kind of one of the all time greats. And Curly Lambeau and, you know, Bill Walsh and even Bill Belichick. I think Andy Reid's headed there. Steve Young, join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Steve, we know you got to go here at the bottom of the hour, so we don't want to hold you too long. You have the open invitation. Anytime you want to come back, you know how to get a hold of us. Uh, if you have a minute to discuss BYU scheduling on the way out the door, feel free, or we can save it for the next visit. No, we do it. It's BYU. I, I just got to get in. I'm saying I got to take kids to school, so we'll just have a little transition to the car. But... Um, uh, BYU scheduling, I just, BYU did a phenomenal thing. I mean, every, it was a phenomenal year for BYU. Um, because of COVID, it was just so strange and difficult. But because of COVID, we were, we were the focus of the country for a little while. And because of Zach, in many ways, and his um, prolific play, it, it really reestablished for people's minds, the fans, the media, who BYU is, was, and where they're going to be. And so in that way, the expectations grew. That's not, you know, sometimes that's good, sometimes it's bad. But it's always good because as an independent, that's how you, that's a lifeblood. And, you know, ESPN always was a friend. And I know these guys, and they talk about, you know, I talk to them about BYU all the time. BYU's a friend. They like them. They're friendly. You know, it's a good, good relationship. But in the end, it's, it's, programming it has to be exciting it has to be something that the people are asking for and this season was really important for developing that that you know kind of uh demand for byu football i mean the demand wasn't there for a while i think the demand is back now can we answer the bell can we 
get another quarterback to do you know great things? Can we continue to recruit even though we've struggled there? Um, can we you know because we're scheduling is not. I mean, scheduling COVID was a problem, but scheduling is not our problem. We're going to be great play, great teams. It's going to be a really difficult schedule no matter what. Can we stand in now with the expectations that we built this year? And um, uh, I mean, COVID was crazy. Um, I give Tom a lot of credit. I mean, tons of credit for putting a uh, schedule together and having some success. And I just don't, I think that scheduling for my, if you're asking me scheduling, I don't think that's the problem. Scheduling, they're going to, as long as COVID doesn't keep around, stay around, we're going to, we're going to play the best of the best. And we're going to have a schedule that if we, if we have a great quarterback and a, and a great team, we're going to be in the mix for, for everything every year. If we can beat our schedule, our schedule is going to be tough. Well, we're going to let you go, Steve. We appreciate a few minutes and look forward to talking to you again whenever uh, whenever you want to give us a ring. Yeah, Feel you free. guys are tough, man. I mean, you know, they just like knock them down. I got to. <laughs> I got to. You guys are going to tell me I got to stretch out before I get on the phone. <laughs> nice. Get some flexibility. And, and I got to shout out to my boy Ryan uh, Ryan Smith and the Jazz. Let's go. It's nice. Good stuff. Excellent. Hey, are, are you going right. to be are you going to be at a golf tournament up here again next summer? I know golf tournaments took a hit this past year, but I remember uh, sitting down with you. We're going to try. We actually we had a social distance uh, little tournament um, uh, uh, this last. We did it in June. It was very small and, and difficult, but we did it up at Promontory, and it worked out just fine. And we'll, I'm sure we'll try to do it again with the proper protocols and so forth. But. Uh, we appreciate any support we get because that's that's our lifeblood, obviously, of, of our foundation. So we'll be there, I'm sure. All right. Well, uh, call the station and get us up there. That's what we do yeah, in the summer is broadcast there. live from golf tournaments. So. Oh, look at you. That's All right. Our, that's our yeah, deal. I, I, I didn't know we were big enough, so now we know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> oh, come good. Come on. That's good. <laughs> if, you look, if you look at my Twitter, uh, the, the, uh, the gif I put up to promote your appearance here this morning is uh, Plumber taking the monkey off your back. So, yeah, I, I think you're big enough. Oh, <laughs> I hate that. I do you really? <laughs> Why do you hate that? Oh, well, because it didn't reflect how I felt. And this is, I'm sorry to hold you out, but let me just, let me just explain it. I, I felt that monkey in, uh, you know, that weight, the deadly weight. It felt like it was oppressive in 91. That's one of the year kind of I took over and I was dying. It was a brutal year and I, I did not handle it well. And it was, and, but I had an experience and I, I, I chronicled it in my little book that I wrote, but uh, with Steve Covey on a, on a plane that changed my life as far as that perspective. And it changed it literally. And so 92 was a, just a different person. And I felt I was free of that weight uh, more so than I'd ever been. And so by 94, it just wasn't, you know, I, I almost, I just, I don't know why I said it. I don't, it wasn't in my mind. It wasn't a thing. I guess I was so elated and excited that we'd won the Super Bowl. I, I did it. And, and, and Gary, I don't know. I just, it did it. It's fine. It probably was perceptionally the right thing to do for everyone who followed, but for me personally, I just like, nah, I don't, I don't feel that anymore. So anyway, keep it up. It's fine. Put it the gif, put the gif on there. It's good. I'll find another one. What's your favorite yeah, gif? Good. I like it. Like, you know, it was true. Look, whether I thought there was or not, there was certainly a perception that there was. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, I if think... I would have lost that Super Bowl, I, I, I think it would have been, Hey Steve, you know, good luck. You know, how, how does, how does, uh, Vallejo, Sacramento, 
Auburn, you know, Elko, you know, on your way, on your way, big boy. We'll see you later. Winnemucca, hello. Oh, you didn't, and the fans loved it. (laughs) Yeah, so it was great. So, anyway, you have a little more personal insight to my insanity. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, uh, I'll get you, I'll I'll put one out here for you. Here's you throwing a touchdown pass against the Cowboys. You'll like that one better. That's better. Oh, yeah, right before the half. Grab that one. That was was the Tom Brady (laughs) special from last week, a couple weeks in the Packer game, right before half. Did you you laugh when Brady said he was going to play past 45, or do you think he's going to do it? You're big on the NFL as a different league now. No, he can do it. That's the league. I mean, Tom said it to me, right like, you can't patrol the middle of the field anymore. No one can, the safeties can't launch. There's no, the middle of the field in the NFL in the old days, you, you just, you didn't, you, unless you really knew what you were doing and you had somebody that knew what they were doing, you didn't mess around in there. Now it's just wide open. Is it the flat? I could throw the flat. I could go 25 for 25 in the flat. You know? I mean, and, and again, no one can hit me. You know, I mean, anytime that somebody hits me, they don't know how to, I can see the light defensive line trying to figure out how to hit me. That's fair and not going to get flagged. So there's, it's just, there's no reason unless your arm quits that you would, that you would stop playing. And by the way, not that it, like at this point matters, but you're making forty million dollars a year. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, there is that. I mean, what's better than that? Working with, uh, working with investment bankers and that kind of stuff. Maybe that's better. You know, obviously we've we've. We started to rot here. We need to move on. I got to get, get off this show because I can see that the questions at the bottom of your list are the ones I need to get out of. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll let you go, Steve. We appreciate it. Anytime, give us a shout. And you know, if you're craving a weekly appearance in Salt Lake to talk BYU football, we are your guys. Well, we got to thank the great Jim Herman for putting and getting us together, right? So okay, gotta- <laughs> Jim. Uh, Jim's hilarious. Uh, I had a great story from a meeting about Jim. The mayor of Salt Lake, let's be honest. There it is. All right, thanks, Steve. We appreciate it. Boys.